Welcome to the Key Beauty Podcast, a love letter to all things Key Beauty, hosted by me, Sugar Peaches, from Sugar Peaches Loves, a German and English beauty blog dedicated to beauty products from around the world, with a special passion for Asian and indie brands. No matter if you call it autumn or fall, if pumpkin spice lattes are your greatest joy in life or the grossest thing on this planet, there is no doubt that for us in the Northern Hemisphere, the season that gives lifestyle bloggers 99% of the Instagram material is upon us. And, well, what kind of a K-beauty blogger would I be if I wouldn't take this opportunity to talk about transitioning and adjusting your skincare routine so that it fits with the changing season? All right then, let's grab ourselves a hot drink and get all cozied up for this autumnal podcast episode. (sighs) Yes, yes, dear fellow bloggers, we get it. Autumn or fall, as you Northern Americans call it, is indeed here. I must admit, and have admitted this before on this podcast, I'm actually not hysterically delirious with joy once autumn hits. I'm okay with it, especially if it's a golden, sunny autumn like the one we've had so far here in Germany. But since I have depression, the prospect of grey weather and shorter hours of sunlight, they actually really terrify me. See, my depression always gets worse during those darker seasons, and so autumn usually feels like the harbinger of doom. And nope pumpkin photo shoot in the world would ever change that for me. Not that I've ever done one. They just seem to saturate my Instagram feed at the moment, so they're on my mind. I mean, autumn definitely has its charms, no doubt. I love the colors of the leaves. I love that golden tint of the sunlight. And I love that it's not as warm anymore, especially after the crazy heat wave we've had in summer. And it's still pleasant enough to go for long walks. It's not as cold yet as winter. And the cozy sweater weather just feels like you can have a hot drink at home and you have an excuse to just snuggle up in front of the TV or the fireplace. It's nice. Just like myself, my skin too has sort of mixed feelings about autumn. It's currently giving me pretty angry vibes, to be honest. It tends to break out for no reason. (laughs) It's not even in sync with my, my hormonal cycle at the moment. It just breaks out randomly. It's strange, but quite normal for autumn, to be honest. It's just doing its usual, oh gosh, uh, seasonal change, sort of freak out. That's why I thought it would be a good idea to do an autumn-themed K-Beauty podcast episode, since my skin's freak out is actually very common. Most of us have trouble transitioning their skincare routine from summer to autumn and then towards winter. So why exactly is it that our skin tends to freak out when summer ends and autumn begins? Well, it's It's mostly really just the change of weather patterns that completely overwhelms our skins. Temperatures drop, humidity suddenly decreases, the ear is starting to become crisper and more biting. But then we also still have those days full of intense sunshine and often quite high temperatures. Yesterday we had 20 degrees Celsius, that's more sort of spring-like weather. And then a couple of weeks ago we had temperatures down to minus 1 degrees Celsius. It's quite an extreme to deal with for our skins. Furthermore, our sebum production, so our oil production, is often totally out of whack, especially in the beginning of autumn. The skin basically needs a few weeks to readjust to the new temperature and the new humidity levels. See, during summer, because it is so hot and so humid, the skin actually tends to produce 
less oil. This is hard to believe when you are oily during summer months because it feels like you're just one giant oil slick. But that's again because of the high humidity and actually your skin does try to counterbalance that. Not always successfully. So at the beginning of autumn when suddenly the drier air hits, our skin needs quite a lot of time depending on what type of skin you have until it readjusts to that type of humidity level and coldness of the air. This is why both autumn and spring are those weird transitional seasons where skins usually freak out. For autumn, this actually means an initial boost in oil production, which then can lead to breakouts for us oilier skin types. You know, our skin is really trying its best, even though it does seem sometimes <laughs> as if it's just really failing us, but it's really trying. And of course, you probably already guessed it or know this from your own skin, this whole confusion about humidity levels, temperature adjustment, all of this leads to a general feeling of dehydration for all skin types. And water from the surface skin area tends to evaporate more easily in this less humid and colder air. This starts getting really bad once winter hits, which is why once winter hits, we really need to go back to these heavier, oilier textures that we tend to avoid during summer, at least normal to oilier skin types. And of course, dry skin types will probably start feeling that chilly, less humid air the strongest and fastest. And it can lead to dry patches, flaking, and the aggravation of skin conditions such as eczema and I used to have eczema not on my face but on my body. It's no joke. I really sympathize with you guys with drier skin types. It's not easy. It's really not a great feeling because it can hurt. I think this is what we don't talk enough about enough when we talk about these types of conditions. Eczema, highly dry cracked skin, it actually hurts. It's not just uncomfortable to look at, it feels uncomfortable. So yeah, it's all a bit of a mess really. And well, what can we do to ease our skins into transitioning from summer to autumn and ultimately to winter? I might have a few ideas. First of all, I would suggest that you switch out your stronger cleansers with milder and creamier options. Especially if you have drier, sensitive or a combo skin, you should consider switching to creamier, non-foaming cleansers. Try to avoid harsher foaming cleansers in general, but sometimes we grab them, especially during summer, because again, our skin just feels so oily. But once autumn hits, you really have to let go of that habit of quote-unquote squeaky clean cleansing. At the very least, finally do consider taking that plunge and go for a foaming cleanser with particularly mild cleansing agents. Especially if you don't use that much makeup, you may also consider switching from heavy oil cleansers to milks or fluids as your first step cleanser or even your only cleanser, dare I say it. This is a wonderful gentle alternative, all of these fluids and gels that somehow in the K-beauty community, very few people talk about. I think they're ideal deal for the fall weeks where your skin has a tendency to be all over the place in terms of breakouts at least from my own humble experience and I will be a hundred percent honest here all the gentle first and second step cleansers I'm loving at the moment aren't actually k-beauty blasphemy I know <laughs> so since many of you lovely listeners are from either the US and Canada and a number of Asian countries there are lots of people from the Philippines from Vietnam from Thailand 
Island. I see you all and I appreciate you. But yeah, since many of you are from outside of Europe, my recommendations here are maybe a bit frustrating since I can't promise you can get these concerts in your countries. But I'll mention them here anyway because you never know, you may find a way to get your hands on these gems. And I don't want to lie and just invent products. It's just what I use at the moment. So my number one creamy cleanser at the moment is the Marina Miracle Sweet and Creamy Oil Cleanser. This contains probiotics, which are all the rage right now in the indie skincare community, since they can help balance the microflora of your skin, which means they balance out the bad bacteria, which can trigger acne or skin diseases such as eczema with the good bacteria, which can help keep your moisture barrier a perfect, slightly acidic environment. <sighs> the Marina Miracle Creamy Oil Cleanser is a perfect mix of creamy and oily. It feels like a fluid when you put it on your damp skin, but then it melts into a milk as soon as it comes in contact with the dampness on your face. And then you can massage it into the skin and it will gently cleanse away oil-based products and even light makeup. Though it doesn't work that well with heavier makeup and it certainly doesn't work with eye makeup. So it's not ideal if you are a heavy makeup user to be honest. Though really, when I use heavy makeup, I don't do that that often anymore. Ugh, to be young again. <laughs> I just don't go out anymore, it seems, which is a bit sad. But yeah, when I do use heavier makeup, I usually need a cleansing or micellar water anyway. I, I've never managed to find any oil cleanser that just takes off my entire makeup, to be absolutely honest. I just love that this cleanser really leaves my moisture barrier intact and it is very gentle and I think it will work well especially for drier skin types though I'm doing very well with it as well with my oilier skin it's beautiful it's not cheap I got it as a PR sample and I'm not sure to be honest if I can repurchase but if I had the budget I would repurchase it because it is just a beautiful organic cleanser the whole brand is really lovely Marina Miracle it's a Norwegian organic brand my second favorite creamy or fluid cleanser that I really need to repurchase for autumn I think I'm I'm going to France pretty soon so I'll probably grab it there is the Uriage Roselian Dermo Cleansing Fluid. I love French pharmacy cleansers especially the creamy ones or these gel fluids that they produce. They're just so light on the skin. They never feel too greasy or oily and they do a really fabulous job removing simple makeup. Again, they don't work on anything too waterproof or strong. But the awesome thing with these fluids is that they are extra gentle. They really don't harm the moisture barrier of the skin at all. They can be used even without water. So if you are living in an area with very harsh acidic water, you can just use a cotton pad and just swipe it off basically. Now I personally use this as a first step cleanser in the evening, pretty much like the Marina Miracle one. And then I use a foaming cleanser afterwards. I personally only feel really clean in the evening if I use a two-step cleansing routine. However, I do think that sometimes when we have very dry skin and again don't use that much makeup, it might actually be enough to just use one type of cleanser dominantly one that is able to dissolve oil simply because if you use sunscreen that is usually only soluble in with an oil-based cleanser but these gels 
especially from French pharmacy brands, tend to have micellar technology. And those, of course, do dissolve oil-based products. The entire Roselian line from Uriage is fantastic. I think I prefer Uriage to the Bioderma Sensibia products. You know, that red product line from Bioderma that everyone raves about. I do love the Bioderma micellar water, but Uriage, there's something about that brand that I find almost more appealing and more gentle than Bioderma. I have to say, it's just harder to find in Germany. However, I think that Uriage is available in the US, at least online, you should be able to get their products. And I have heard, actually, you can tell me if this is correct, but I've heard that apparently Uriage is quite the rage at the moment in many Asian countries. So you should be able to get your hands on some of the products as well. Another cleanser that I'm currently obsessed with, there's no other word for it, is actually a foaming one, but it's so gentle and so creamy that it's not really comparable to any other foaming cleanser I've ever tried. It's actually from a German skincare brand. It's a small startup company called Lioba. It's named after its founder, who, by the way, is a really nice woman. She's very, very kind and very passionate about her brand. And it's a self-foaming micellar cleanser called the Soft Clouds cleanser. Now it's sold as a two-in-one cleanser, but it doesn't really have the strength to remove makeup, to be honest. I would advise to use an oil-based cleanser or a cleansing fluid before this one. It does contain coconut oil, which can be triggering for acne-prone skin types, so just be mindful of that. It didn't give me any breakouts though, personally, and I just I love this one so much. If you want to use a fluid cleanser from an Asian brand, I hear really good things about Japanese cleansing fluids. Not many people talk about them in the Asian beauty community for some reason. The brand that I will probably mispronounce called Rosette makes a couple of amazing sounding pastes and cleansing liquids that I haven't tried myself but uh, they are on my wish list, my long wish list. I will make sure as always to link all of these names and products on my blog. Just look for the episode notes, make sure to subscribe to my blog or follow me on Facebook, Instagram. I always post the new episode notes directly on the blog. A Korean cleansing gel that I hear really good things about is the Innisfree Bija Trouble Cleansing Gel. Apparently it's very gentle and very good especially for oilier skin types. Cleansing the skin without stripping it. So perfect again for that autumn weather change. And when it comes to extra gentle second step cleanses, honestly it's hard to beat the Hada Labo self-foaming cleanser that I think by now everyone knows and loves. I feel that I mentioned that one in nearly every episode, but it really is that good and super affordable. Now, of course, cleansing is only the first step in any autumn skincare routine. Your skin will need plenty of hydration and moisture. So here is tip number two for transitioning into your autumn skincare routine, which is in order to boost your hydration levels and combat loss of moisture in your skin layers, I advise you to go for multi-hyaluronic acid serums and toners. Now, just a word of caution that some people don't do well with hyaluronic acid. So obviously skip this bit of advice if you are. I would advise you to look for substitutes, maybe beta-glucan or glycerin, which have similar water-binding qualities. Personally though, I love hyaluronic acid. I love products with a high percentage of this humectant. And from 
from sheet masks to toners to gels and serums. I adore slathering my face in it when they're like, there's no tomorrow. It's actually a bit crazy how much I put on my skin. And lately I've become particularly obsessed with products that contain different types of hyaluronic acid. You see, hyaluronic acid can come in different forms and each form has a different molecular weight. For instance, sodium hyaluronate is the sodium salt of hyaluronic acid. So it has a smaller molecular weight compared to hyaluronic acid. And that means it acts slightly differently than hyaluronic acid on your skin. Because hyaluronic acid in its pure form actually doesn't penetrate the skin at all. It kind of, this sounds negative, but it doesn't have to actually, it kind of sits on your skin surface. It creates a moisturizing film there, if you will. This is why combining different forms of hyaluronic acid with different molecular weight will produce a product that has more superior hydration power. Each type of sodium of hyaluronic acid does something different for your skin, which I actually find quite remarkable. Now, of course, the classic among classics when it comes to multi-hyaluronic acid products is, of course, the amazing the beautiful, the almost absurdly affordable Hadalabo Gokujun Premium Hyaluronic Acid Lotion. I say absurdly affordable because a pretty large bottle of this, which lasts forever, months really, depending on how much you slather on, I guess. It only costs you around $13 or so on Amazon or YesStyle. It's really amazing given the high quality of this beauty product. So this lotion, which is the Japanese version of what Koreans would call a toner, I guess, contains five types of hyaluronic acid, plus another awesome natural humectant, urea, which is fantastic for dry skin and for all dehydrated skin types. Urea is one of those ingredients you find a lot in German pharmacy brands, actually. A lot of German pharmacy brands are actually known to produce very good urea lotions. Um, Eucerin or Eucerin, as we would say, is one of those. It's very popular apparently in the US. I think they don't even realize it's German, to be honest. The Hada Labo lotion really gives you dreamingly plump and super hydrated skin. Now, some people find this a bit too rich. It can break out people sensitive to very rich textures. So in this case, you may want to go for the lighter Hadalabo Gokujun Moist version. Another hyaluronic acid product I'm currently super obsessed with is actually from a German brand called Neo Burmi. It's got that dreaded German umlaut in it. Apparently it's super popular in Asia, which I found so interesting, especially China and Taiwan. It wasn't available in Germany. Germany. It was mostly produced for the Asian market. And now they've come back to Germany after all the popularity in Asia. And now they're selling it in Germany. Just so interesting. Well, they sent me a few of their Apple stem cell sheet masks and their number one seller, the Trihyaluronic Acid Serum. And I love this stuff. It's not cheap sadly, but it's really, really good. It comes in a handy mini ampule form and it feels so lightweight. It doesn't feel quite as heavy as the uh, Hadalabo lotions or any of the other serums here. My skin just seems to 
drink it up. And even though it only has three types of hyaluronic acid in it, I say only, but that's actually quite amazing. I have a feeling that the quality of the raw materials used in this is, I don't know, it seems to be higher. It seems to be more refined than, for instance, the Hada Laba lotions. I love the Hada Laba lotions, but still, I just, since I've used this and I've almost I'm almost out so oh, I might have to contact the brand or something because I hope I can use some more of this it's so good I hope I can also blog about it I just want to tell more people about this yeah I just noticed that I really see results my whole skin just seems to be less saggy and just more plump in general now hyaluronic acid as such doesn't actually smooth out wrinkles I think this is often a misconception but by preventing moisture loss and working against dehydration the skin actually looks more plump and by this smaller lines do seem to disappear and I really noticed that especially on my forehead and especially with that Neoburmi serum it's really good now if you can't quite afford the Neoburmi serum but do want something more concentrated than the Hada Labo lotion I can also highly recommend the newly released Geek and Gorgeous 101 HA5 serums and Gorgeous really needs more loving from the skincare community. Their products are incredible. They are now quite popular in the German skincare community, but that's quite a small, shall we say, eclectic community. And I feel the global skincare community really, really needs to be more aware of this fantastic indie brand that's actually from Hungary. Quite interesting. Now, their new hyaluronic acid serums, which come in a light and a rich version both contain five types of hyaluronic acid and in a super concentrated form they are so hydrating they don't seem quite as refined as the neoburmi serum but they are also a lot more affordable so i think that's more than adequate they are just oh, they're blowing me away at the moment and all three of the mentioned hyaluronic acid products are free from alcohol perfume or essential oils so all three of those from Hada Labo or to Neoburmi to Geek and Gorgeous they are all perfect if you have sensitive skin now the only sad thing about the Geek and Gorgeous serums is the fact that they don't ship to the US from what I know. So I'm sorry if you got excited about them. Maybe you can, I don't know, email the company and see if they can still ship to you. The serums are really quite cheap. 30 mils for I think something like 9 euros and they last a very long time. Oh, they're so good. I hope you will be able to get your hands on them. Oh, and not to stray away too much from the K-Beauty products. Of course, another ultra hydrating ingredient that acts a lot like high hyaluronic acid is of course snail mucin extract and for me the best snail product for hydration and smoothing is still and will probably forever be the Cosrx advanced snail 96 mucin power essence it has a great price point even though it's gotten a bit more expensive and it's just amazing quality it is a cult classic for a reason that's for sure and before you buy any Cosrx products do hold out for a couple more days because don't forget Black Friday is coming up and by the way I will be doing a full list of all the key beauty Black Friday sales I can find on my blog I've seen 
I've seen that a lot of people are already googling and they end up on my 2017 Black Friday sales page that was super popular last year. Just to let you know I will be doing a 2018 version but up until this point and today is the 14th not many uh, shops have as of yet released a lot of information but as soon as I find out stuff I will start that list so make sure to visit my blog and hopefully you find all the deals you need. And on to my third tip for your autumn skincare routine and that is autumn masking. Now it's sometimes a bit difficult to deal with face masks in colder temperatures because they have a tendency to be quite chilly on the face, especially sheet masks. However, more than ever do we need a regular masking routine once the colder season hits, trust me. Now, one tip I can give you to turn masking into something a lot cozier is to use one of the new in-shower masks. Now, this might not be fully environmentally friendly though, to be honest so I hope you won't be angry at me for suggesting it but these in shower masks really help you feel all warm and cozy in your cold cold morning bathroom since as the name suggests you can use them while showering using them in the shower and i mean you can switch off the water while you use them depending on how well heated your bathroom is so we can still make it environmentally okay i hope but thanks to the steam from the warm water your skin is nicely dewy and super hydrated and those in shower masks are designed to seal in that moisture and to work their magic while you do the rest of your shower routine so lathering up shaving etc now the make prem or is it make prem i'm not sure how to pronounce the brand wonderful me in shower face pack has been around for a while and used to be the only in shower mask out there it's a wash off mask I think. I haven't tried it myself. Now recently a few other brands have launched new alternatives to that somewhat expensive mask version. There is the new Etude House 3 Minutes Care in Shower Pack which sounds perfect for busy people. 3 minutes, I'm good for that. And then we have the Mamonde in Shower Mask which to be honest looks a bit scary. <laughs> it's like a sheet mask but a really heavy one. One that looks a bit like Frankenstein or some other creepy monster. But you know what? If it works, I'd use it. So Mamond offers two types, exfoliation and moisturizing. And apparently, if I understand this correctly, they have a steam towel effect. So they warm up the skin and help the ingredients that exfoliate and moisturize to be better absorbed by the skin. I don't quite know how it works, but it sounds super interesting and I am very intrigued. Now outside of the warm and cozy shower it is, I shall be honest, a tad difficult to find comforting mask options. Again, especially when it comes to sheet masks, they just are a little bit cold on the skin at first and personally I would advise against heating them up. They usually do warm up quite quickly once you get over the initial shock of putting them on the face and above all they can be a godsend when you skin is dehydrated from all the low humidity and the heated rooms and they just feel very comfortable. Oh wait, I think it's comforting. I tend to mix those two up. Comforting. 
comfortable, maybe not so much because sometimes they feel a bit weird on the skin. Bit comforting, I think. There's something very pampering about a sheet mask when it's cold outside and you're all snuggled up under your blanket, sheet masking in the evening. I don't know, I just love it. I am a big fan of the Neogen knit masks, especially the very rich white truffle version. You can leave their thick sweater style material. It's not really a knit, but it does feel like a warm, cozy sweater. And you can leave those on for literally hours without any of them drying out. Your skin will look super soaked with hydration and rich essence after using them. You just have this gorgeous, healthy glow and oh, they're gorgeous. They are a little bit decadent because even if you leave them on for hours, they will still not dry out. So it often feels a bit wasteful. There's just a lot of essence in this very thick and soft sheet. But once in a while, they just are the ultimate pampering item for me. Now the July I probably mispronounced that one as well. Super 12 Bounce Oil In Mask is another mask on my wish list. It sounds perfect for autumn and winter especially. As the name suggests, it contains a number of nourishing oils and should be super rich and nourishing. I keep seeing the beautiful packaging from all those July products on Instagram and it works. I now covet them deeply. So make sure to check out the brand website to drool over the packaging porn. I'll make sure to link them. The newly relaunched Claire's Rich Moist Soothing Tankle Sheet Mask. Ugh, what a name. This sheet mask is another winner when it comes to providing well-absorbable, deep and rich hydration. It works well for all skin types in my opinion. My oily combo skin loves this one, but I do feel especially dehydrated and dry skin types will adore how smooth and plump the skin looks after using it. And the sheet is also very thin and very comfortable. It is a really great pick-me-up, I feel, after the day spent outdoors in the cold or, you know, the annoying switching around between icy outdoors and then the overheated indoors. I would really encourage you not to skip sheet masking during autumn and winter. It makes such a difference to your skin. Another beautiful autumn skincare mask that really helps to nourish the skin and smooth out any flakiness or dry patches is one of my all-time favorite wash off masks. The I'm from Real Honey mask. This mask feels smells and even looks exactly like honey. It's very, very tempting to just lick it off your skin, but please don't. And I'm never gonna tell you how I know this, but just don't eat it. Just leave it on your skin. It does contain a high amount of real honey, hence the name, from a famous mountain region in South Korea. This mask is so rich and so moisturizing that you can leave this on forever without feeling it drying out. It's very buttery almost and creamy in texture and it works amazingly well in combination with a hot bath. It really is the ultimate cozy autumn treat. Highly recommend it. And on to a slightly less, shall we say, cozy topic and that is hyperpigmentation. So my next tip for autumn would be to really get on to combating hyperpigmentation and sun damage after the sun-drenched summer we've had because there was a heat wave that was, I 
think pretty much global. So a lot of sun damage probably happened, despite us all being so good about our sunscreens. Now, summer is the time where hyperpigmentation usually gets especially bad, since the sun is a main culprit when it comes to the development of so-called age spots. They are these brown spots you sometimes see on people's faces, or maybe you have experienced them yourself. Especially with older people, you can see this a lot. It's caused by an increased production of melanin. Now, I remember my grandmother's face being pretty much covered in them. And after years of living under the New Zealand sun, which is very strong because of the UV layer being so thin there in Australia and New Zealand, and also, I'll admit it, I did not protect myself. I didn't wear any sunscreen during the day, even in summer, so bad. And yeah, I will, because of that, probably get them myself. They definitely do lie in the family, so I'm a little bit freaked about them. It's really hard to get rid of them once they are there, to be quite honest, but K-Beauty does offer a number of highly effective and potent ingredients in usually quite high dosages that can absolutely help fade those age spots or sunspots, however you want to call them. Adding a good vitamin C serum to your routine is a good idea at any time of the year, but especially in autumn, you should really consider taking the plunge and give vitamin C a go. Vitamin C or is it vitamin C? Might be wrong. Sorry. Vitamin C has been proven to brighten and fade age spots. Now, I can't promise you that they will magically disappear, but their appearance should be a lot less noticeable if you work with vitamin C serums in a higher percentage. Two Korean vitamin C serums are particular darlings of the Asian beauty community. The Tiam, my signature C source vitamin C serum with 20% ascorbic acid, which is an unstable but cheap and most readily available form of vitamin C, and the by Wishtrend Pure Vitamin C 21.5% advanced serum. Oh, these names are killing me. But obviously this one has 21.5% vitamin C, so it's a bit stronger than the Tiam one. Um, both of them are quite popular. And I have to say, since I haven't tried either of them, I'm not sure if any of them is better or more potent. Technically, the higher the percentage, the more potent, but also the higher the percentage with any active, the more it could potentially aggravate your skin. They both seem to be very good starter options simply because they are quite affordable compared to other luxury brands from the West and there's not that much in them besides the vitamin C. It does seem that the By Wish Trend one is a little bit more refined, shall we say, but both of them are probably rather similar. They're both water-based, so slightly unstable, and you might have to be a bit careful to keep them out of the sunlight and pay close attention to the way the serum looks, because L-osorbic acid can oxidize quite quickly, and once it oxidizes, it's not going to do anything for your skin anymore. But again, it is a very readily available form of vitamin C that is proven to help, and also usually the cheapest option. And another super popular 
very affordable L-asorbic acid product from Japan in this case, is the Roto Melano CC Essence. People really rave about this one and it's again been on my wish list for years. That wish list will just never get shorter it seems. The only thing that I just cannot find out about this is the exact percentage of vitamin C in this. See now I'm saying vitamin. I'm confusing myself. I think I might have to look this up. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so many people do say that this particular serum helped them so much. So there must be a high percentage in it. I have never heard anyone say it didn't brighten their skin or even out their complexion. So I do feel this should be a solid option, despite it being a bit cryptic how strong and potent the vitamin C actually is. Now, there is so much conflicting information about when and how often you should apply those serums. So I cannot say with full confidence that I am able to give you a guide guideline that is, you know, scientifically proven. I'm not that good when it comes to the science. I can only tell you how I have used vitamin C in the past. Firstly, I do only apply it every other day and only in the evenings usually because for me it's quite powerful and my skin wouldn't handle it every day or even twice per day. Some people use it twice per day. I don't know how they can handle that, but you know what works for them? They should stick with. Since these serums are also quite sticky usually, I prefer to wait a few minutes after I've applied this. So using them in the morning would just take up too much time really. I don't, I'm not patient enough for that in the mornings. Also when it comes to where to use the vitamin C in your routine order, I would use it right after cleansing and even before toning, especially if you use a hydrating thicker toner with hyaluronic acid and all those hydrators. I would however use it after any other acids or any of those pH adjusting low acid toners. So basically exfoliation before vitamin C, but any form of hydration afterwards. Again, this is how I do it. It works really well for me and it also makes sense for me, but you can play around with it if you feel this is not the way for you to go. And speaking of exfoliation, AHAs, so alpha hydroxy acids such as lactic acid, glycolic acid or mandelic acid, which is a huge fave of mine, can also help fade age spots. And they're also really great to add to any routine, especially if you are over 30 and starting to see signs of aging. AHAs help to boost cell turnover by exfoliating the skin, removing flakiness and dead skin cells, and they also boost collagen production. You just just have to remember to religiously apply your sunscreen every day so as not to undo all the good that the AHAs are doing since they do cause photosensitivity which in turn can lead to new age spots if you don't protect your skin from the sun. There are so many good AHA products out there and in so many different combinations in regards to different acids and also every skin is different so it's somewhat hard for me to just throw out recommendations here. This is definitely an episode 
all on its own, which I know a couple of you of you have asked about to do one on uh, you know assets and all the different assets. I'm so nervous about doing it because I'm not a chemist. I hope I can do it and just do a bit more research on it because I know a lot of you are curious about assets. For now, let me just throw out that I am a big fan of the By Wish Trend Skin Prep Water with 5% Mandelic Acid. It's more of an exfoliating toner and not as strong as some other age peeling gels but I do still see a massive difference in my skin texture whenever I use this regularly. I already have gone through two bottles and I'm just waiting for the Wish Trend Black Friday sale to get my new one. I think it is such a good product for people who haven't tried acids yet since it is strong but so gentle. Mandelic acid in general is less harsh than especially glycolic acid which I personally have to be very careful with or my skin just dries out and looks super red. I don't know. That one just seems to be the harshest for my skin at least. Mandelic acid never had a problem with redness at all. In general, I feel that Asian brands don't always get acid peels right the way that many western brands do again geek and gorgeous shout out to the, that brand again makes some fantastic acid exfoliants they've really made a difference to my skin i've tried all three versions that they have they are all amazing and i also know that many people rave about both the ordinary and polar's choice exfoliators so maybe rather look towards those western brands for your stronger acid peels but i would still say do give the by wish trend mandelic acid toner a try just yeah i think it's fantastic if you want a stronger dosage of mandelic acid you can also try the taiwanese dr wu renewal serum with 18 percent mandelic acid i hear it's incredible so yeah again on my wish list though not cheap, so will probably be on my wish trend for a my wish list for a long time. Two more Asian beauty ingredients that can help fade hyperpigmentation are niacinamide and licorice root extract. You find these in a lot of Korean beauty products, thank God, since they have so many positive effects on our skin. Brightening, evening out skin texture problems, help combat acne, improve skin smoothness, just to name a few. You. A product high in niacinamide that I absolutely adore and consider a holy grail is the often mentioned but truly unbeatable Claire's Freshly Juiced Vitamin E Mask. It contains 5% of niacinamide and also happens to be a wonderful overnight mask. I just love this and have seen huge improvements in my skin whenever I use this regularly as a sleeping cream. Now, the only thing I need to point out is that drier skin types may not find this moisturizing enough as a sleeping cream. So maybe pair it with a really strong and rich moisturizer. No matter what your skin type is, this sleeping mask or cream gives you brightened and noticeably glowy skin. It's so, so good. I just can't stop talking about it. Now, licorice root extract is, weirdly enough, rarely mentioned when it comes to treating hyperpigmentation, even though it is melanin dispersing and inhibiting. And those two 
few powers that it has are even scientifically proven. I found some research papers on this. So very, very interesting ingredient. I never knew how great this stuff is, to be honest, especially for fading acne scars, apparently. And it also smoothes skin and makes it look noticeably brighter and clearer. I had no idea of any of this until I used the excellent It's Skin Power 10 formula LI Effector Essence. It contains licorice extract in a high concentration and after I used this for maybe a week or so, I really saw a difference in my skin and I felt it just looked so much brighter and I wasn't even sure what it was. I, I had to actually think about, huh, what have I tried new in my skincare routine? Because my skin just looks banging. And then I looked at the ingredient list of this product and I saw, oh, okay, licorice root extract. And then I started Googling and yeah, it really does do what it claims to do, which is brighten skin and even out skin texture. It's so good. Whenever I now use a product and notice it brightening my skin and helping with my breakouts, I always have this running gag of guessing it must contain either niacinamide or licorice root extract or both of them. And I swear 100% of the time I'm correct and it has a high dosage of either one or both of these in the ingredient list. Now, apart from the It's Skin Ally Essence, which I can highly recommend, especially for oilier skin types, I can also recommend the Claire Supple Preparation on Scented Toner, which is not only super gentle, very hydrating, easily absorbable. It also contains both niacinamide and licorice root extract. And again, a friendly reminder that no matter what ingredients and products you choose to combat hyperpigmentation, you should never ever forget to use a good sunscreen or else everything was for nothing because the sun is the main culprit in producing new sunspots or age spots. Even in cloudy weather, please don't forget to slather yourself in sunscreen. Now my current favorite sunscreen is the Clear Soft Airy UV Essence with SPF 50 and PA Quadruple Plus. It's affordable, it's very lightweight, it leaves zero white cast and also a lovely semi-matte finish on the skin. I use this every day and have done so for I don't know like six weeks now. Love it. Haven't broken out from it. I have reviewed this in English on my blog so I'll make sure to link you to that in the episode notes. And now my next tip on how to transition into your autumn and winter skincare routine and that is and this might trigger some of you with oilier skin types to actually really truly consider adding a face oil to your routine. Guys, okay, I get it. For those of us with already oily, shiny skin, using a face oil seems quite counterintuitive, but trust me, it could easily change your life. Um, well, okay, maybe not your life, but it can really be a game changer for your autumn skincare routine to add a face oil. I personally prefer to use face oils at nighttime since with my oily combo skin, using them in the morning can seriously mess up the way my makeup lasts throughout the day. But if you have very dry skin, it can be great to also use an oil in the mornings. You can try mixing it into your moisturizer or even your foundation if you're nervous about makeup performance. For me, 
this has sadly never worked out, especially the foundation one. But I do know many women that really swear by this. So the trick to getting the most out of face oils is to find the right type of oil for your particular skin type and skin troubles. Don't just follow the recommendations of your favorite blogger or YouTuber. Really make sure you know their skin type before you press buy, since using a face oil that is either too rich or not rich enough will definitely make you think that face oils are superfluous or are all going to break you out, which is usually not the case. You can either use an oil blend or even just go for one single face oil. The options are really endless. There's so many different types of oils and there's such a variety in terms of texture and richness, how nourishing they are, what sort of composition of fatty acids they have. I'm convinced that there's a face oil for everyone, no matter how oily or dry your skin is. Now, because there's so many options out there, I'll just throw out a few suggestions here that are by no means a full list of what's out there. So take it or leave it as with pretty much all my recommendations. So one of the oils I really love is camellia oil. You can either use it pure or in a blend. It's an excellent oil for glow and suppleness. Not for nothing has this oil been used in Japan and Korea for centuries, maybe even millennia. It is a rich oil, but it still doesn't feel heavy or sticky, and it doesn't seem to leave as strong of an oily film as other oils I've tried. Camellia oil also works wonders for dry and brittle hair, and all you need to do is really rub a few drops of it on your damp hair strands. You can massage it in a little bit and it will just make them so much softer and really help combat frizz. The Korean brand Sandawa sells high quality extra virgin camellia seed face oil, but it does have its price. I will still link it in the episode notes, but I'll check if I can also find a better priced alternative. The Lion Nature Oil Plus Again, not sure about the brand name. Lion Nature. No, should be correct. That one is sadly just as pricey as the Sandawa one. But uh, I really want to try this one. It contains over 90% camellia seed oil plus red ginseng extract, which is amazing for wrinkle care, for glow and tone, as well as olive and grapeseed oil plus Korean pine seed extract. This should be a wonderful oil for dry and mature skin types and skin that looks well lackluster due to dehydration as well as saggy skin so my skin really <laughs> except that I'm not dry but everything else fits another wonderful oil for deep hydration that I have been loving this year is marula oil I've used the ordinary cold-pressed marula oil but we'll have to look for another alternative soon since I'm not keen on supporting the company for now for a variety of reasons you don't have to go for the super expensive drunk elephant marula oil that everyone always raves about. There are plenty alternatives on Amazon for pure cold pressed and even organic marula oil and they're so much cheaper. I do think that with drunk elephant you tend to pay for the label and the pretty Instagrammable packaging, but that's maybe just my view on it. What I love so much about marula oil is that it seems to sink deeply into my skin, leaving hardly any sticky residue. And well, it 
really makes my skin baby soft. This oil, I would say, works for all skin types. It can be used undiluted or mixed into your moisturizer. And just like camellia seed oil, it also does wonders for frizzy, brittle hair. Now, a lot of people with dry skin also love argan oil, which is even more nourishing and rich than marula oil. But it's also stickier and, okay, maybe that's just me, but argan oil tends to break me out if the concentration is very high. I can only tolerate it in oil blends. Undiluted, it does tend to give me whiteheads, which is sad because I know so many people swear by argan oil. If you have very dry skin, however, this may work for you even as a pure oil. And again, of course, it's great as a hair oil. I love it for hair. Now, lately, I also keep hearing lots of good things about prickly pear seed oil, which features prominently, of course, in Huxley's skincare products. It's another K-beauty brand that is all the rage on Instagram. Prickly pear seed oil is said to be an excellent anti-aging face oil, helping to tone and smooth out wrinkles. And apparently it's very lightweight, so it works well for people with mature yet still oily skin, which is, of course, as we all know, pretty much the the meanest of all skin combos. I am speaking from experience here. You basically get wrinkles on top of still having breakouts. It's just it's so mean. <laughs> Try the Huxley oil essence, which seems to have a perfect balance between oil and hydration, making it lighter and less oily than other face oils. Apparently it feels more like a normal serum, but people with dry skin say it still nourishes and smooths their skin powerfully. This should be perfect for both dry and combo skin, as well as mature skin types. Now, if you have very dry skin, you can also give the Huxley Oil Light and More face oil a try. This is a straight up oil blend with no watery components, like with the oil essence. It contains a blend of prickly pear seed oil with jojoba oil and squalane. And speaking of squalane, Oliveria, another K-beauty brand, makes a 100% pure organic squalane oil. Oil in finger quotes really because technically it's not an oil. Squalane sadly doesn't work that well for my skin. I tend to break out for, from it for some reason but many people seem to love this even better than an actual oil. It leaves their skin soft and smooth and super moisturized. See, squalane is better absorbed by the skin than most oils because it is apparently similar to the skin's natural oils from what I remember. Uh, I've forgotten how squalane works. I think it's one from olives and it's not an oil but a sort of lipid. I hope this is correct. I probably should have researched this beforehand. But what you need to know is that it is an oil-like substance that usually, if you have drier skin, seems to penetrate the skin barrier better and is better absorbed. So again, didn't work for me. You might have to be careful if you have oily skin or tend to break out from richer textures. But I might also be a freak abnormality because most people rave about this. Now, my favorite current favorite face oil is actually the Wamisa Organic Flowers Face Oil. 
This oil is a blend of argan oil, still doesn't break me out, surprise, camellia oil, olive oil, jojoba oil, hazelnut oil, which is a wonderfully light and fast absorbed oil, perfect for oily skin types. It also contains carrot seed oil, which is rich in antioxidants, pumpkin seed oil, as well as evening primrose oil, and a mix of fermented plant ingredients. It just has this list of deliciousness as its ingredients basis. This is really rich and nourishing, but it never feels too heavy or sticky. It melts perfectly into your skin and leaves this fabulous glow. Truly, I cannot sing the praises of this face oil enough. Highly recommended for all skin types, except maybe very oily skin. You might have to at least dilute it by mixing it under maybe a lotion or a gel. You can try that one out. Now, if you do have oily skin but still would love to give face oils a try but you're maybe a little bit nervous about it, you may find the Lombel Lan Bio Oil a potentially awesome choice. This natural oil blend contains tamanu oil. Or is it tamanu oil? I'm really not sure. Let's stick to tamanu. Has recently become another very buzzy oil. It's everywhere all of the sudden it seems. The reason is that it's said to help with acne scarring and again with hyperpigmentation. Director Pai, whom we all know I love, she's a Korean beauty editor, she is a fan mostly due to its high content of linoleic acids. It's also rich in antioxidants, it's a powerful anti-inflammatory oil and even antibacterial and potentially antiviral. It's a powerhouse really. Director Pai mixes her Lan Bio oil with a hydrating toner in a spray bottle for a super hydrating and moisturizing treat. I really want to try that. Sadly, the Lambayo oil isn't cheap and as of yet, still quite difficult to get outside of Korea. But I read an article recently that says that the brand is expanding to Europe and the US next year. So do keep on the lookout for their products. They also have a very expensive but very good sounding EGF and FGF ampule, so a peptide ampule. Fascinating brand. Apart from the high price, the only other potential problem with this oil is the addition of lavender essential oil. This can be triggering for sensitive skin types. So just be mindful of that. You can also try pure tamanu oil, which you can usually get on Amazon from a variety of sellers, often an organic and cold-pressed quality. Now, of course, face oils aren't the only extra treat you can give your skin overnight once the cold weather hits. I think now is also the time to get out those sleeping creams or masks or packs again. Now, I don't know about you, but during summer, I completely stop using sleeping creams. They just feel so heavy and oppressive on the skin with the high amounts of mineral oil and silicones. Of course, this is by design, really. They are meant to create an occlusive layer which seals in hydration that will otherwise evaporate overnight, potentially leaving skin even more dehydrated than before. Especially those water-grabbing humectants such as glycerin and hyaluronic acid can potentially lead to dehydration if humidity is low, which is of course the case during autumn and winter. This is why dehydration can get so bad during the colder months. So 
get out those tubs of sleeping cream if you still have them in your skincare stash or maybe stock up on them. Now, the only sleeping cream that I consider to be actually more like a moisturizer is the Cosrx Overnight Mask, or rather there are two of them. I do think the rice one is even more of a classic moisturizer. It doesn't seem to have any sort of sticky occlusiveness. And the honey one, mm, I don't really like that one that much. Anyway, I do think the spa rice one is fantastic, but yeah, it's almost like more like a richer moisturizer than a sleeping cream. See, when I think of sleeping creams and sleeping masks or packs, I think of thick, sticky, gloopy goodness that just really grabs onto those serums and gels and toner layers I put on before. For me, the sleeping cream that I still consider to be a true holy grail, even though it's almost become a bit of a, an inside joke in the AB community, is the Laneige Water Sleeping Pack. Or is it Sleeping Mask? One of the two. I just feel it's the perfect balance of watery gel texture that isn't too heavy and nourishing cream components. Also, it is one of the few sleeping masks that doesn't, I don't know if it's the mineral oil or one of the oils in there, but a lot of sleeping creams seem to aggravate redness in my eyes. Even if I leave the eye area out completely, it just seems to yeah migrate or creep into the eyes. It's a bit weird. And well, the Laneige one does not do this. It's one of the few mineral oil containing sleeping packs I know. Another sleeping mask I almost feel ashamed to admit to loving is please don't judge, the Tony Moly Magic Food Banana Sleeping Mask. Again, um, it's become a bit of a sort of in-joke in Asian beauty circles, since it's more of a novelty item, I guess, but I really like this one. It just makes my skin so smooth and plump whenever I use this, and it's really cheap, and, and it smells like banana pudding, so what's not to love? It's really good for the price and for Tony Moly being maybe not the most sophisticated of all skincare brands. But I mean, if it works, I still use very cheap, affordable home brand drugstore products as well. So yeah, I think this one's still really good. And well, again, the Claire's Vitamin E Sleeping Mask is amazing. It will forever remain my favorite sleeping cream for oily and oily combo skin. Now, skincare may be all well and good, but... At least for me, I also am highly dependent on great makeup products, especially once the bad weather hits and the darkness and the gloomy lighting of autumn that usually also causes people to have even gloomier complexions with less and less sunlight and everyone just being tired and annoyed. I tend to look like a ghost that has died of typhus during autumn with it only getting worse in winter. So my next tip is go for that glow. Switch your mattifying formulas to more hydrating, glow-giving BB creams, CC creams, compacts, all the glowy dewy goodness that K-Beauty has to offer. Now, using a face oil and working with acids and plenty of niacinamide and licorice root extract, plus maybe trying a vitamin C, all of these can help brighten up your complexion and enhance that glass skin glow for sure. But I would also highly recommend that, unless you're super, super oily, you should consider staying away from ultra-mattifying powdery formulas, both for your actual powder 
powders as well as your foundation. If you can, if your skin isn't in need of extreme coverage, and I've been there guys, I had really bad acne, so you know, I, I get that. But if you can, consider going for a more natural coverage from BB creams, CC creams, and using powder only in your t-zone so your forehead nose and chin powders especially can make your skin look really flat this is why those youtubers have to do extreme drag style contouring after they have baked their skin with layers and layers of powder they basically have to bring back contour and light and vividness to their features after they have powdered out all of those features and made them look flat especially in artificial lighting and I also have noticed that powder that contains talcum which is well it's almost all powders that contain this sadly talcum tends to make my skin look extremely flat and just sallow and sickly now that I'm starting to see more and more wrinkles on my face I've started to steer away from talcum and prefer talcum free mineral powders I also find that most pressed powders well at least the ones that are more budget friendly are just too densely packed and not as finely milled as I would like to. They just tend to enhance fine lines and sagginess which in turn makes me look even more tired and sickly than I already do in autumn. The only pressed powder I've ever felt great about on my face is the MAC Blot powder. It's a classic really. It's also as far as I know talcum free. If you do know a really great talcum free pressed powder especially at drugstore prices please let me know. Now when it comes to loose powders, Innisfree makes a fantastic one which is actually meant for oily skin types and it is a tiny bit drying but if you just dust a tiny amount over your skin it should be fine for all skin types. The Innisfree no sebum powder just will forever remain one of the greatest K-Beauty budget powders I know. It's so good. It's a tiny tub but it seems to last forever and it's transparent, it works for all shades though I'm not sure about very dark skin so give me feedback if you know if this works for you but usually it should not leave any form of coloring because it's transparent and it lasts really long the mattifying effect is very strong but it still doesn't look too flat and worn out it's great if you happen to live in Thailand or travel there a lot first of all uh, lucky you secondly go and grab yourself the Sri Chand translucent powder because it is the best loose powder I know. Hands down, I would say even better than the Innisfree one. It mattifies without looking flat and it has this light reflecting blur effect on the skin. It's so good. I think it may actually be available on Amazon. I'll see if I can find it there. I'm just, I can't promise it's a legit seller. So if you happen to be in Thailand, I think it's sold pretty much everywhere there at Watson's. My sister got it for me when she was there for a vacation. Uh, I'm, I'm terrified of it running out. So I only use it on very special occasions. But technically it's a fantastic everyday powder. Oh, it's, it's so great. If you're from Thailand, guys, be proud of your fantastic skincare and makeup products. Really good stuff stuff. 
more people should talk about this. When it comes to base products, the favorite CC cream for me at the moment is the Arborean CC cream. I like both the regular one and then this new green tinted one that they just sent me actually a couple of weeks ago. CC creams in general are great complexion enhancers since they usually have a very natural but flattering coverage. They contain light reflecting particles that create a lovely, not too shiny or too shimmery, sparkly, glowy effect. It's just this gentle lit from within effect, at least with a good CC cream. And guys, the Arborean one, that's a really good one. Now, most of Korean base products, foundations and cushions that I will be mentioning here probably don't work if you have darker skin. I'm so sorry for that. I really wish there were more options for darker skinned girls who love K-beauty. I am not sure if CC creams work because they technically do have a patented pigment that quote-unquote bursts once you apply them but I think they will probably still turn out to be too light for you guys oh, I'm so I'm so sorry about that Innisfree I think makes darker shade cushions but they seem to be about the only k-beauty brand now for us lighter skin girls if you are looking for an intensely dewy finish then BB cushions are really the way to go since they tend to be ultra dewy sometimes even a bit too much for my taste. At least in the summer months, they don't work that well for my oily skin. They just make me look like an oil slick. But especially if you have dry skin and you look very sallow, just tired and flat. Again, many of us do during the darker months and colder months of the year. Then you may just start to enjoy those ultra dewy, super mo moisturizing cushion compacts. I do tend to grab them more often during winter and they really help just brighten up my entire face. There are so many different cushions out there. So I'll just give you three recommendations here when it comes to that ultra dewy finish. The Clio Kill Cover Liquid Liquid Foundwear Ampule Cushion has pretty good coverage. I would say high or medium and it gives you a wash of refreshing hydration when you apply it. The finish is so flattering. It's very intensely glowy and dewy. The Hera Mist Cushion Ultra Moisture is more of a premium high-end cushion and I myself haven't tried it yet because of that reason but I have heard so many people I trust rave about this especially if you have dry and very dehydrated hydrated skin. It gives a very sleek and dewy finish. It has a strong coverage and apparently more staying power than most other K-beauty cushions. This probably doesn't work for a very oily skin though, but Hera also makes a more subdued natural cushion version that may suit those skin types more. I will probably still grab the ultra moisture one though, even though technically it's not for my skin, but I just heard so much good things about the finish being so flattering, so I'm done to try that one. Lastly, the Apure Haute Cushion is one I just recently discovered and already marked for a potential Black Friday sale haul. I saw it in a YouTube video and was amazed at the gorgeous glowy and dewy finish. And it's also super cheap. It's something like $12, I think. Apart from cushions and CC creams, a light reflecting makeup primer like the VDL Lumilayer Primer will also help give you that K-pop glow. Some say this primer is a great dupe for the famous Hourglass 
has Veil Mineral Primer. It's much more affordable than that one. I also really love the Hamish Artless Glow Base. I'm actually wearing it right now. It has a slightly more shiny and shimmery finish that pearliness as compared to the wet glass skin look so many people are crazy about right now. I think the slight shimmer works a bit better for those of us who are already really shiny naturally. It doesn't seem to enhance that shininess. I think the VDL one tends to do that a little bit so it's also more for a dramatic glass skin look versus the more natural sort of shimmer that the Hamish base does. And also I haven't tried it yet but the Etude House Double Lasting Serum foundation sounds like it could also be a great hydrating and flattering foundation choice for autumn. Now my last tip for your autumn skincare is, well, it's quite simple actually. Just don't forget the rest of your body. It needs some extra autumn loving too, of course. Wait, actually extra autumn loving for the body sounds weirdly sexual. Um, of course we're still talking about skincare here. I mean, you can do the other stuff too. More power to you, but then I would have to, talking about that, I would have to rate my <laughs> podcast as not for anyone under 18. So um, we're talking about skincare here. Just skincare. Now talking about key beauty and body care could probably be an episode by itself. But for now, let's focus on some nourishing basics that warm you up and make you feel all cozy and well cared for. Most of the body washes, scrubs and bath products I use are, to be honest, not a beauty. They're mostly German because it's just more readily available for me. And they're also actually quite cheap. There's so many good drugstore brands here. I still hope I can one day do an episode on German beauty products. We'll see about that. Now when it comes to K-beauty, I have heard good things about the Beyond body care products. Beyond is a Korean brand that is not organic, but apparently quite close to being organic, with all natural ingredients that apparently smell heavenly. The product have such delicious names as Butterful Body Balm or Deep Moisture Body Oil. They sound super promising. The Japanese brand Leaf and Botanics is also known to produce high quality spa products. I'm eyeing them up especially for their salt and sugar body scrubs. They look amazing. Using a sugar or salt scrub in autumn is a good idea since it helps get rid of flaky skin without being too abrasive because the sugar and the salt basically melts or dissolves because it's soluble in water. So if you apply it on your damp skin, it won't be too harsh when you scrub away those dead skin cells. Our hands, of course, suffer greatly in cold weather. So a hand mask is a wonderful way to pamper yourself. And of course, Korean brands have you covered with super convenient gloves soaked in oils and other moisturizing ingredients. Some even warm up. How neat is that? Another cozy treat during the colder months are self-warming steam eye masks. I love those. The Japanese brand Kao makes a whole bunch of them infused with soothing scents of chamomile, lavender and rose. I think they had a juzu one as well at some time. These feel so soothing on the eyes and they really help me to relax whenever I have a nightly anxiety attack. I don't know what it is about these steamy warm ones but once I put them on my eyes I just relax instantly. They're great. If you tend to get tired or puffy eyes or again tend to be a little bit anxious and angsty once you hit the sack then you should 
should really give these a try. They really help. Korean lip masks and lip scrubs are an awesome treat during autumn and winter when lips tend to be extra dry. Most people swear by the quite expensive Laneige lip sleeping masks, but I have also heard great things about the Innisfree lip sleeping pack with canola honey and the Aritom ginger sugar overnight lip mask. Both are a lot cheaper than the Laneige ones and Aritam also makes a ginger lip scrub that I've heard fantastic things about. I think that duo would actually be quite nice as a smaller Christmas present. Just saying it's coming up and lip patches are also a really fun way to treat your lips. These are hydrogel patches you put on your lips which look really quite silly. They always make me laugh which of course in turn makes the patches fall off. I am such a mature 40 year old woman aren't I? <laughs> I do really enjoy the Holika Holika Golden Monkey Glamour Lip 3 Step Kit despite its annoying name. It contains a peeling patch, a moisturizing pad and a lip mask in a handy sachet. My lips feel so so smooth after using this. Ugh, it's really great. If you need some date prep for your lips, you should go for that kit. Just saying. And that's it. That's all I have on autumn skincare. Well, I'm saying this as if this episode wasn't super long already, but you know, I haven't really updated in a while, so I feel it's okay to make it a long episode. Here are the weekly craves, faves, and misbehaves. Ah, did you miss them? Did you miss the craves, faves and misbehaves of the week? I hope so, because that's what you're gonna get now. And we start, of course, with the crave of the week. And it's the Hamish Dailyism Eye Palette Rose Memory. I am a big fan of the Hamish eyeshadow palettes. The Coral Essay palette that I received in spring is still a big fave of mine. Okay, the shadow quality isn't always 100%. The, the pigmentation is, as with many Korean shadows, Sometimes a bit hit and miss, but they are so smooth. The texture of the Hamish shadows, or is it Hamish? It's Hamish. The Hamish shadows are just beautifully I don't want to use the word buttery, it's so cliche, but it does work. It's creamy, shall we say. They're powder eyeshadows, but they still feel creamy once you apply them. They are very blendable and beautiful. For the autumn season, Hamish is releasing a new color palette, the Rose Memory one, and it's, oh, it's so gorgeous. It's kind of similar to the color scheme of the new Urban Decay Naked Cherry palette. Did come out earlier though, so don't accuse them of being a dupe. It is a lovely selection of eight rose and beige golden shades. It's stunning. I am seeing a definite rose trend lately, both in Korean skincare and in makeup. I'm all here for it. I love those shades and I love anything that is connected to roses. You can get this palette at Style Korean, the official distributor of all Hamish products. I have not seen it anywhere else as of yet, but I'm sure it's going to come out in other at other retailers as well. Yes, Style should get it soon as well. Now, my fave of the week is the A by Boom Ultra Time Return Eye Serum. Now, me and eye products, guys, we have a tumultuous relationship. I have super sensitive eyes, but they are kind of weird. It's a weird sensitivity. So a lot of products meant for sensitive eyes 
actually don't work for me. <laughs> I don't know what it is. My eyes react to things that don't always make sense, basically. For instance, if a cream is too rich or too oily, it can make my eyes water and go red. Again, I think it's because of those oils creeping into my eyes, uh, but I don't really know what it is. All I can do is try something and see how I react. There is no rhyme or reason to it that I could just follow and be aware of. Sometimes I even randomly react to products that I previously were okay with. For instance, in New Zealand, I used to love the Trilogy Eye, was it an eye cream? I don't know what it was called. And then I repurchased it. It's quite expensive. I repurchased it here in Germany and suddenly I didn't like I got a really bad allergic reaction. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So finding a perfect eye serum is a mission or an eye cream or anything eye related. So I was super excited, but also uh, slightly apprehensive when Bemuse Korea offered to send me the A by Bomb Ultra Time Return Eye Serum. Judging from the ingredient list, it sounded like it could potentially be too irritating for me since it contains quite a few essential oils. Okay, you on my face but not always that great around my eye area but you know what this light green elixir is amazing i mean seriously amazing life-changing it contains aloe vera water green tea extract niacinamide all sorts of brightening and hydrating goodness and you only need a tiny amount since it spreads like a dream and it just sinks into the skin super fast it leaves no sticky feeling or residue whatsoever i thought it would be oily but but it's not at all. It's perfect for under eye makeup just as a prep because it just smooths everything out so beautifully. This works just on its own or you can layer it. At the moment my absolute winning combo is to use the Huamisa eye essence and then layer the eye serum over this. Oh, it's so good. It just, my eye area has really improved dramatically. Now the eye serum is not cheap, but it does last forever and it contains 30 mil instead of just 15 like most Western eye products. So I actually think it's, well, maybe not affordable, but it is a competitive price point. And I think... Bemused Korea is also having a Black Friday sale, so you might snatch it up with a deal. And you should. It's really great. Now, the misbehave of the week might gross you out a little bit, so just be warned about that. It's the Package Monthly New Feet Foot Peeling Pack. This is one of these plastic socks soaked in a chemical peeling solution that then peel off dead skin and supposedly reveal baby's soft feet. <sighs> okay, now this misbehave of the week. Just a disclaimer, this might be entirely my fault and maybe I'm just stupid or something. Or maybe I'm not the right person for foot peelings or I, I don't know. Anyway, true story. I used this a few days before an important event I was invited to. This was in August actually, so this is a bit longer ago. I had planned to wear sandals for the occasion. And of course, being a well-informed key beauty blogger, I did know that these foot masks usually take a few days to work. They can peel the feet quite intensely, shall we say, and I knew that. So I did use the mask, I think three days before the event. Okay, well, day one, nothing happened. Day two, nothing happened. Day three, all day, nothing. Not even a tiny speck or flake came off my feet. I had actually started to just assume that this whole thing was not working at all. Well... <laughs> 
<laughs> on the night before the event, my feet suddenly turned into just a battlefield. I don't want to describe how they looked, but it was not pretty. It was certainly not sandal worthy. <laughs> I just freaked out. Just gross. <laughs> and okay, they just kept peeling for not just a few days, but it seems for weeks. I really don't know. It just seemed very freakish. And also because they kept peeling for a really long time after a delayed reaction, I never had this feeling of using the product and then having this effect of baby soft feet. I never really had that. They were just peeling and then it feels that they were just the same afterwards because the whole cycle of skin renewal had happened anyway. Uh, just the whole experience was traumatizing and also didn't really have the desired effect. And I have to say here, before you think anything negatively about my foot care, I use foot creams. I even scrub my feet with sugar scrubs regularly. I do take care of my feet. So that wasn't the reason either that this went just weird. So I can't say if it was the specific product or if it's just that me and my feet don't like these types of peelings one or the other I might try another brand once just to see but if it turns out the same not for me because I like to run around barefoot in my home it's just kind of what I do and yeah you don't want to do that when it just goes through this intense peeling I don't know it's someone tell me how they feel about these foot peelings maybe I did do something wrong well anyway with that beautiful story of mine let's just end it for today folks I hope I made you feel all cozy and warm until that last story at least I did really try to give you a bit of coziness with this autumn themed episode and I really hope I could maybe save you from a few skincare woes this season. Maybe I'll do a winter update in December, we'll see. Sorry that there was such a long break between the last episode. <sighs> To be honest, I was a bit bummed that last episode wasn't as popular as I had hoped. I'd really poured my heart and soul into that one in particular. It was very personal for me, so I'll be honest, I felt a bit defeated. I just needed to gather my strength. It's hard to continue this without really seemingly succeeding. Some people really love this podcast, but I have to be honest at this point, I'm not sure it's enough for me to continue doing this. It just eats up so much time and also financial resources. I don't think I can do this indefinitely if the audience doesn't grow or I don't get more interaction out of it, more feedback, more readers commenting on my blog or supporting me. This might sound selfish, but really, you have to understand this is time and money that I'm currently losing and I am struggling to make this work. So I just wanted to be honest at this point. I really hope I can go back to more regular updates. I really hope so. Now, if any of the products mentioned today intrigued you, but you're not sure where to find them or how to even write their names you can find all the products mentioned here linked in this week's episode notes as always you can find those on my blog sugar peaches loves at sugarpeachesloves.net and there's also a growing number of key beauty reviews in english on my blog i would really love for you to check them out maybe even leave a little comment don't forget to follow the podcast's twitter 
at kbeautypodcast and of course my Instagram account which is at sugarpeachesloves. There are lots of pretty pictures of pretty kbeauty products on that Instagram so you should all like it. Apart from subscribing via iTunes and Stitcher you can listen to all the kbeauty podcast episodes on my blog or directly on Podbean which is my new awesome podcast host. If you feel that this podcast has been helpful to you in any way please share it with people who you think may also enjoy it and maybe even consider giving it a five-star review. This is the best way to support me and this project. I actually found a new podcast review from you guys. I just wanted to say a massive thank you for your kind words. I think we have now eight or ten of those reviews. All of them are so beautiful. I do read them. I really appreciate them. I don't know if I should read them out on the podcast. I always find that a bit cringy when other podcasts do it but just be aware that I see you, I appreciate you, I really am so grateful for everyone who supports this project. I'm not going to lie, being a self-employed content creator is really hard, so if you want to further support me and my work financially, please consider using the affiliate links provided in the podcast episode notes and in all of my blog articles when you make your K-Beauty purchases. It really helps me out a lot. If you want to support me in a more directly financial way, you can also donate an amount of your choice to my Ko-Fi page, which I will link on my blog. It's basically a one-time PayPal donation, roughly the amount that a takeaway coffee would cost. Thank you again for the continued support of so many of you. If you have any questions, queries, topic suggestions, or maybe you are a brand or an online shop and you are interested in working with me, then you can email me at sugarpeachesloves at gmail.com. I wish you a warm and sun-filled golden rest autumn and I hope to meet you all again really soon for a new K-Beauty chat. Until then, happy masking, layering and pat pat patting. Bye guys, take care and thank you.